0: Coming up next on Two New RFM Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard joining me, Jane Klein, and we'll be looking at uh, companies and uh, their financial statements. Yeah, if you've ever wanted to know how to understand them, we've got the good oil coming your way. We'll have a market snapshot coming up as well, and we'll take a look at currencies and commodities and how they're faring this week. Also. Newcastle show holiday. Well, that's pretty well in the news. Should there be one? Should there not be one? Stephen, uh, the show, should it be a holiday, a public holiday for the show or not? Ah, the
1: controversy's here again. It the controversy is controversy's here again.
0: So at the moment, it's not a public holiday, but it's we're... A public a
1: p- the council's applying to make it a public holiday, and the Chamber of Commerce doesn't want it made a public holiday.
0: So we've got a bit of a standoff at this stage.
1: That's right. And I, my view is that we need to... We, we've had the same argument for years is we need to look at an innovative solution. And my view is that it should be a a, a public holiday provided you actually attend the show. So if you don't attend the show, you, you don't get paid.
0: So you bring along your ticket of the Bring along entry your ticket to, to your
1: employer, or you can go to work. Um, and you bring along your ticket to the employer, and you get paid for the public holiday. And if you don't attend the show, you don't get paid for the public holiday.
0: Now, there's a good. And,
1: and I think we all should should, should follow the model of having that they have in Brisbane, where they do have a public holiday for show day. It's held at the the public holidays in the middle of the week, not of a Friday. You think
0: that might be too much of a temptation? I
1: think I think if it's a show holiday, it needs to be to, to facilitate people going to the show. And I think the show could be it was a. a Big thing that united the community, and I think it could be again. And we need to look at an innovative solution, which is we have the show holiday in the middle of the week, and you have to actually go to the show if you want the public holiday. So, should we have the whole show in the middle of the week,
0: not on the weekend? All that's up
1: to the, in Brisbane, of course. The show li- r- runs a, a long All time, week, and, yeah, and, and I, I don't think we could we could justify that. But I, I think that you know the council needs to show a bit of leadership here, and you know they can give like they're planning to give their own employees a, a holiday. In any event, I think you know it has to be that the people have to go to the show, and if the people aren't going to the show, um, what what's the point of the, What's the point of the holiday?
0: Well, that's why the holiday is granted, I suppose. Uh, that's right. Mm. So, well, and the yeah. council
1: needs to implement it, which they can do for their own employees, and show some leadership in the community. Mm. Stephen's view. Great. View.
0: Okay, so what about commodities? How have they been travelling over the last week? Ah, oh, the remember?
1: commodities. The commodities. Um, we've got a bit of black ink here. Uh, the gold oh. price was up two percent to uh, sixteen hundred and sixty dollars an ounce. Um, the silver was up three percent to twenty two dollars. And the copper was up 1%, which really isn't that material, but but to $7,270 a tonne. And the nickel was up 3%, which is used for manufacturing of stainless steel and other products, to $14,663 a tonne. So so all the commodity prices were, were basically up for the week. Which is good.
0: Okay, so that means we're in our economy is in a better position. Well, <laughs> and a copper
1: today. is generally seen as a lead indicator of economic activity because it's used in so many, um, so much manufacturing processes, and you know. Houses. Um, there's still a large consumption of copper in, in, in building a house for the electricals. Um, so it's generally seen as that. And the copper price, the copper price has been in the doldrums for a long time. And so, uh, you know, I, I think any increase is a positive.
0: Yes. Okay. Even a little bit. <laughs> even a little bit.
1: Um, the currencies. Um, the Australian dollars continue to fall again this week against the US dollar. Um, it's down 1.4 percent to 71 cents. Um, the Great British Pound we're falling against the Great British Pound we're down to forty six pence, and the New Zealand Dollar we're at one dollar and six. We're, we're margining up against the New Zealand Dollar a fraction of a cent. Um, the Euro cents we're margining up against the Euro cents as well at sixty five and. 0.02, and we're about the same with the Canadian dollar of ninety three Canadian cents mm-hmm. so the currency April' has been reasonably steady except our fall against the US dollar
0: yes and that's really the US dollar going up US not us okay yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so we can still wait before we convert money to go anywhere else in the world <laughs> and possibly still get a good rate
1: well I mean you know're just looking at the forecasts I mean you know you know there's a number of forecasters and saying sixty five and the George Bank saying 50 cents.
0: Mm. Y- y- it's know, not a good long-term prospect. Not a good
1: long-term <laughs> prospect. But, but um, once, yeah, you, know, you need to go before you rush in, need to check what the conversion rates is and you need to look at the conversion rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and usually, in my experience, the commission is not such a big cost. It's the spread on the rates.
0: Yes, which is another way of doing a similar thing, yes, perhaps. Yes, but it doesn't look so
1: good. Uh, it doesn't look so bad, yes. Yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so the markets were all, were, were all up uh, around the world. Um, the Australian market was up up 1.6% uh, to 5,374. The U.S. Dow market and the U.S. Dow Jones was up 3.5% uh, to 17,779. Um, in London, we were up 1.4% to 6,437. And um, in Japan, the Nikkei was up 1.8% uh, to 18,903. And, uh yeah. Yeah, and yeah. on to oil. Oil is I the next one. we on to oil. Wex test Media in Australian dollar terms was um, $64.62 a barrel, which is up 3%, which um, is, is good for the shareholders of Santos and Woodside, I suppose. Um, yes. yes. And um, the petrol price at the of the unleaded petrol price in Newcastle, was down 1.3 uh, cents a litre to $20.20. Uh, 20 Seven, and interestingly in Sydney it was up 7.5 cents a litre so it's now thirty-two in Sydney so this is only the second time I can recall seeing which the other time was yes, in uh, September that we're actually 5 yes. cents a litre cheaper than in Sydney
0: This is Thursday Finance at 27 past 12 and we do it for our sponsor Pritchard and Partners We're looking at what's happening in the market Stephen Pritchard and uh, it seems, well, no Henry Jennings today, but we're Henry expecting. Henry
1: Jennings him that is, is going to a disruptive lunch, whatever that may mean. <laughs> He's
0: disrupting I don't know our whether program, it's disrupt- our normal dis- routine. <laughs>
1: disruptive at lunch or disruptive after
0: lunch. Well, we'll find out about that You'll next week. We'll find out about week. That next week.
1: Yes. So, anyhow, we've, it's bank reporting season. Three of the big four banks are due to report. Um, right, started with ANZ. The ANZ's report came out today. Um, profits were up. By 1%. Yes. Um you know they're, 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 all the big banks are um, having to raise additional capital to make Basel 4. Um but it doesn't seem to be hurting their profits because what they're doing is raising their interest rates to ins- to to uh to service the uh, increased capital requirement. So um, you know okay. ANZ profits up. Um NAB's profit came out yesterday. It, it was below expectations basically because it appears there's um, increased competition for business lending and that the NAB's being forced to cut um, their business loan rates in order to avoid losing customers. Now that, that's interesting because business, I mean, with the accounting firm, business clients have, have really haven't been getting the interest rate reductions passed on like the home loan home people have, business rates have been held up or... or, or um uh, uh, steady, uh, but now it appears that competition is at least forcing the NAB to, on uh, well, the National Australia Bank, to reduce their business rates.
0: So, would they theirs be so much higher than the other banks, oh, or is oh, this likely to be the first of a trend?
1: Oh, I wouldn't have thought so, but uh, but I suspect with the banks raising additional capital, they have to lend the money out somehow, and is getting more competitive to write business rate loans because they're, they're making, you know, you, you might be paying shop round on a, on a home loan, you might get. It at, you know, four point nine or something. Business loans are seven, maybe ten percent still. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, there, there's obviously a bit of contraction there, in the, and the NAB's feeling some of the pain because the, the National Bank is the largest business bank lender in Australia. So, um, okay, yeah. mm. so they don't want to give that position up, obviously.
0: And they're still looking to get rid of their UK. Ah, yes,
1: they're looking at um, they, yeah. they're, they're looking at um, which has been talked about for a long time. Um, demerging Clydesdale Bank. And, and so there's some further details released this week. And what's going to happen is 75% of the Clydesdale Bank shares are going to be distributed to existing shareholders and 25% are going to be sold via an IPR. And what they're doing is rather cleverly um, structuring the deal. So the bank's going to be... The Clydesdale Bank is going to be listed in Australia and included in the index. So what this will mean is that fund managers um, are going to fund managers that follow the index are going to be forced to buy shares in Clydesdale Bank
0: mm.
1: to the index wedding. So that's going to put a floor under the demand for um, Clydesdale Bank shares. Now, that's expected to uh, have a, go to a shareholder vote in January 2016. Uh, I wouldn't have thought any shareholders would knock that back because there's, there's no reason why they wouldn't. I mean, they're going to end up with shares in, in National Bank and, and Clydesdale Bank.
0: And uh, it's still a good-going business. It's just not going to be part of NAB. Um
1: There's been lots of problems with Clydesdale Bank under the management of NAB in the UK, and that's one of the reasons they want to offload it. But the bank's been going since 1838. So uh, mm. um, from a shareholder's point of view, you're getting the basically the shares. Um, I don't want to use the term free, but you're not paying for them. Your value of your NAB shares should theoretically fall by the same amount, the value of the Clydesdale shares listed. So... so the, the National Bank shareholders haven't got really got anything to lose by getting these Clydesdale Bank shares. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: Mm, it will indeed. Now, um, lead up to Christmas. Yep. Not ah, far. Dick Smith. Now, mm-hmm.
1: Dick Smith, it's all interesting about Dick Smith. I mean, Dick Smith was was um, floated off by Woolworths within a couple of years. It, it, it was sold off by Woolworths to a private equity investor. Within a couple of years, it was really stood on the share market at... Um, $2.20, I think, from memory, which was, which was a very large premium to what Woolworths had sold it at. And now the shares um, recently have dropped to 84 cents. Um, Dick Smith's been crunched in the profits and the sales. And, and what, they, what they've come out and said is that they're going to um, dis- aggressively discount product to drive top-line sales over the Christmas period. Mm-hmm. so, so that means to say that which is a bit of a wearing away, it means to say they 're going to concentrate on getting volume through the store and not worry too much about the profits now there 's been other electrical retailers who've done it in the past um, that concentrated on the sales and not the profits and uh, they're no longer around so let, let's hope dick smith doesn't fall into the trap but but um this has had an adverse this statement's had an adverse effect on uh companies like jb fi and harvey Norman, because if, if dick smith um is is going to and they're talking about premium brands such as apple which i've never seen discounted in the past mm-hmm. and um fitbit which is the latest uh fitness helper thing um if they're going to aggressively discount um, JB JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman are going to be forced to, try, to do the same, do the same to compete on margins. So um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. There might be some bargains over the Christmas period from uh, Dick Smith and um, and uh, Harvey Norman or JB Hi-Fi.
0: To New Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard, our market snapshot, and link. Hmm.
1: Um, yeah link which is the uh, it's a num- registry, isn't the amateur share registry company in Australia listed on the uh, um, the stock exchange on tuesday i think on tuesday um, um the the, the float was was quite eagerly sought after um, Link's basically a quality business um, and, and also what they' they 're probably not as well known for is they're now also the largest um, superannuation fund administrator in Australia and superannuation fund administrators, administration is becoming a big business. I mean they've recently bought um, Super Partners, which was provided um, administration services to a lot of the um, industry superannuation funds and Link sees that as, as a driver of growth in the future more so than the registry business. Now the shares were issued at um, $6.37 for those people lucky enough to uh, get some and it came on the market at $7.10 so there was a handy, handy um, 10% profit to be made there if you were a shareholder in Link. But uh, you know, if you are, I, I don't know that there's any need to, to rush in and take the profit. I, I think that's a business that's going to um, grow over time. I mean, you've only really got Computer Share Link and the smaller boardroom, and there's a couple of other minor players, but, but you know. Computer shares got by far the largest market share, and then followed by a Link. Okay. So I think that's one we could keep for a while. And then, of course, across to the oil market, well, interesting things are uh, happening in the oil sector. Um, a few weeks ago, um, Woodside made a, a takeover for Oil Search, which is the um, predominantly png based um, oil company that's got the natural gas production going in um, PG. And uh, Oil Search has come out this week and said they see no need to. Um, merge with Woodside, um, they're perfectly capable of standing on their own two feet, and you know they, they, they've got plenty of cash. And They're actually looking at buying some of Santos' assets
0: because
1: mm-hmm. um, Santos has also got a shareholding in the PNG LNG project. And then um, Beach Energy, which is uh, Beach Energy, which is a Cooper Basin producer amongst other things, has decided to make a um, takeover offer for Drill Search or. Doing it via a scheme of arrangement, so it's obviously reasonably friendly. Um, And Drill Search has got adjoining assets in the Cooper Basin. So um, Beach has got plenty of cash. So so what's happening is some of these um, cashed up. Oil producers uh, are, are looking at acquiring other assets um, in companies that that, that don't have so may have quality assets but don't really have the cash, to, and, and it's very difficult to raise cash in the resources market at the moment. So so you know people looking around for takeover targets might want to look at some of the. Um, uh, smaller oil stocks that, that, that have got um, quality assets and the Santos Santos isn't so small and there's a takeover off on the table for that as well okay mm, so mm.
0: there's going to be some changes I think there's going to be more action more in the oil weapon. sector mm. um, yeah moving to lifestyle moving to
1: <laughs> nine nine nine, <laughs> channel, nine entertainment of course um, as we have spoken about before the free-to-air business is all under pressure um, for various reasons um, you've got Netflix which Henry seems to be a great fan of which, which I've never actually looked at but some on time or the other the day they're getting it, a friend of mine. So I'll go around and have a look at that. Um, and, and Channel Nine's now going to launch all its um, programs on streaming across the internet, and is also establishing a new lifestyle channel that appears to be only available on um, uh, live streaming or streaming across the internet. So, so all these entertainment businesses—they're um, all going through structural change, and you have to wonder. When the actual producers of the content, which Rupert Murdoch's been very very good at actually acquiring the producers of the content... Realise that the technology is available to distribute their movies directly, and they don't need to go through Netflix, and they don't need to go through through um, the free-to-air television networks. They can just sell it directly to you over the internet. So I think that's the space you need to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, things are definitely changing
1: there. Things are changing. Technology is driving a lot of things, and then of course Flexinet. Flexinet's um, this a uh, Flexi Group, sorry, is this company that that. Um, when you're going to Harvey Norman and you want to get your uh, new laptop and they offer it to you at uh, $23 a week or some price, and that instead of paying in the cash, a lot of people sign up to that. Well, well, that's one of the business, Flexi Group. So there's another company called Fisher & Payco, which is a similar business in New Zealand. Um, Flexi Group's acquire, uh, decided to acquire Fisher & Payco Finance uh, for $275 million, and Flexi Group's going to have a rights issue um, to finance that, so anyone who's got Flexi Group shares, look out for the rights entitlements coming they'll through be, the mail. They'll be coming along. They'll be coming and, along. Uh,
0: Slater and Gordon, we've heard a bit of. Ah, oh, Slater and Gordon. Well,
1: they, the Slater and Gordons decided to uh, to acquire to look for a new chief financial officer. Um, there's been some issues over Slater and Gordon's. Um, Accounts And, um, you know, one of, the, one of the things that companies seem to do when things like this arises, look to appoint a new financial officer. I mean, professional services firms, there's this thing called work in progress that's carried on the books, which, which is basically the jobs you've started and, you know, at various stages of completion. And there's a fair amount of judgment involved in that as to what's actually going to be ended up being billed out and there's some issues that um, people think that some of Slater and Gordon's work in progress all of that might not be recoverable Okay. But um, I'm sure if a new CFA gets appointed, there'll be big write-offs occurring, as always happens. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. Uh, and uh, many of us grew up with Bonds, bonds underwear, and they're still going strong. Bonds underwear
1: still going strong. Well, they're still going. I don't, I don't know whether strong is right. what they've decided to do now is produce a new product line of active wear. Um, which, which is everyone's wearing to the gym and stuff and they reckon they're going to compete with the major um, brands and um, that's going to at a, at a lower price point and that's going to be out before Christmas. So anyone who's got a, share, a few shares in bonds could uh, or Pacific brands could uh, perhaps go and buy some new active wear for Christmas and support the company.
0: Mm, okay, I'm um, just wondering what's the difference between active wear and underwear, <laughs> or is it the same? Well, thing? I think
1: active wear is the stuff you wear to the gym.
0: I see, it's the outer uh, stuff. I think, I think see. yeah, yeah. Okay. but
1: there's but everyone likes to wear those Nikes and um
0: because yeah, yeah. they've got the label on them. You even. know that
1: label and and that, mm. that other there's this other Italian brand that seems to be showing up that that um, I can't actually pronounce. It. I have to ask one of my town friends, but that seems to be get starts with that seems to be getting more popular too. So so Bonds again. Have to be comp- and and those shirts that are made out of it, supposed to let you breathe and
0: yes. yeah bonds I mean
1: bonds are going to have a, a lot of competition in that market. Mm.
0: Our market snapshot today, thank you, Stephen. Thursday Finance is the program. It's ten to one. Stephen Pritchard with us, and uh, well, yes, if we've got shares or interests in uh, stocks and shares, we've probably had information from companies that we hold uh, investments yeah. in. I- And financial statements?
1: At this time of the year, um, the letterboxes are getting um, chock-a-lock with with, uh, annual reports. Uh, I know the girl at work was complaining about carrying it all back from the post office. So so, some of the annual reports are are getting quite large and thick these days, and it it doesn't take many to... uh, uh, to, to get a few kilos of them. So so what we might do is have a quick look. What's what's containing the, the annual report. So apart from all the glossy spin doctoring stuff, um, there's the statutory information which you really need to have a look at. Um, the first thing is the income statement. Now, what the income statement tells you is um, how much how much money the company's basically made. And some important things you need to look at is the the um, the the revenues, um, where's the company getting its profit from, um, what its expenses are and most importantly um, the profit. Now some things you need to look at, which, which you don't need an accounting degree, but, but you, you can easily calculate the profit margins, which is just basically the profit over the uh, income. And you need to look at this year and last year to, to make sure that the margins are being maintained. I mean, if a company's made 25% profit margin last year and then this year it's only made 10%, um, you know, that can be a sign that you, 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 you need to look further. And conversely, um, if the margins are gone the other way, um, it could be a, a stock that's increasing profitability and you may want to look at buying more. So, you know, a, a lot of times also the company will have a, a statistical table in there which will do all these calculations for you. But but if it isn't, you need to look at doing some simple um, simple analysis on, on the income statement and find out where the profits are coming from.
0: So is this the sort of thing you should be doing before you buy investment, before you um, invest in the company? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> maybe,
1: but <laughs> the, But but you, yeah, you might have done it before you bought, and, and you know the annual reports are coming out now, so you know you're having a look at all the, the ones with the with the with the glossy covers. I find in a lot of cases that the, the companies you really want to buy are, are the ones that are the plain annual report who haven't wasted a lot of money on the on on the glossy, uh, the glossy covers. Mm. Um, the
0: ones that want to go via email. <laughs>
1: Um, well, not necessarily, because the ones that go by email are actually, what they're really doing is shifting their costs to you because it then costs you money to print it out to have a look at it.
0: Unless you look at it on the screen. But, yes, it's, sometimes it's easier to look at things in paper form.
1: It's always easier, I've found. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and there's actually a university study on that. The, the one, I think it was Harvard put out a study that people take in more comprehend a a document more if it's in hard copy in front of them than looking at the screen and i've found that Mm. you seem to notice more i mean if i'm writing a complex email i'll always print out before i send it and and there'll be errors in it that i didn't even notice on the screen
0: yeah that's interesting
1: yeah Mm. so anyhow the next thing the next thing you need to have a look at is the balance sheet now the balance sheet basically shows what the company owns and what the company owes and and the balancing item will be the shareholders' funds. Mm. Now, hopefully, the the shareholders' funds are going up through um, retained profits. So you need to look at the bottom line to see if the shareholders' funds are going up or down. Um, And then if you get get the number of uh, shares on issue, which will be um buried in the notes of the accounts, but there'll be a reference on the front of the balance sheet the appropriate note. And and you can divide the uh, the balance sheet total by the number of shares and that will give you what's called the net assets per share. Now that the net assets of share can be a a, a value judgment um as to whether the the, the the company is a good buy or not. I mean particularly in property trusts um the property trust um uh, you, you wouldn 't want to pay more much more than the net assets in a property trust, and similar into the large distant investment companies which we were speaking about before, um, the net assets can be a good judge of of whether you 're getting value or not now in, in companies such as Woolworths, um, the net assets is, isn 't so relevant because a lot of a lot of woolworth 's um, assets are not recorded on the balance sheet. Um, like, you know, there has to be a, a significant value just on the, the sites that they've got that no one else can acquire and that keeps the competitors out. So so look at look at the balance sheet um, and the other thing you need to look at is the cash, uh, the cash on hand and the current things called the current assets and deduct the, the current liabilities off, which is what's called the working capital. Now you need to look, make sure the company's got sufficient working capital there. A company that has got a working capital deficit um, can be heading for trouble. But once again, you need to look at the company itself. There are some large companies because the way they conduct business um, like um, Woolworths, again, um, all the sales are basically cash over the counter. They get paid straight away, but they don't pay their, their suppliers for 60 or 90 days. So they don't really... They've actually got a working capital deficit, um, but that's fine in that particular case because the cash keeps flooding in the door.
0: Okay, so all of this is really important. It's here. really important. We're important. just doing some
1: simple things. Yes. And the cash flow statement... Now, the cash flow statements were introduced a few years ago so, 10 or 15 years ago, because cash flow statements are easier, are harder to uh, manipulate than the income statement. And the cash flow statement basically shows the cash that's collected and the cash paid out, um, and then what the cash paid out, what, what the net cash position is spent on. Um, companies with um, what's called large free cash flow are generally good investments and the free cash flow is the cash that's coming in the cash that's paid out and then commitments for capital expenditure and loan repayments now whatever's left can be used to pay for dividends or expand the company into other areas companies with um, no or low free cash flow you should be very wary about investing into them because they're, they're going to have to do something to sustain the business later on
0: and uh, so, some business are, businesses have a lot of cash as
1: part of their lots of free cash. Yeah. I mean, you you can report um, because of the various accounting standards. You can you can report an income, um, a, a profit, and um, a negative cash flow.
0: Okay, so understanding how a company works is really useful.
1: Understanding and read the financial reports, um, <laughs> even if you just get the. Um, some the cut down version, have a look at that, and it's very interesting what you can learn just by having a look.
0: Fantastic, thank you, Stephen Pritchard. And we'll be back for Thursday Finance uh, next Thursday after the midday news on 2 URFM.